inspiring and equipping you to live the life you're destined to live. This is the Ascend Men Podcast. Based on your direct feedback and a post-event survey, many of you really appreciated and enjoyed Ascend Summit 23. You rated the event at 4.2 out of 5 and you clearly loved the worship and the speakers. But it wasn't all positive. What disappointed you was the overall flow and balance of the evening. Too much table tower task, MCs and Taskmaster, with the finale at the end really interrupting the atmosphere at the close. I'm really sorry for getting this wrong. You clearly wanted more time to build relationships and respond to the messages, which was our heart for the evening. Many of you also commented that the food didn't meet your expectations. That's a really big deal for us guys, and I'm sorry it was a disappointment. And as the leader of Ascend and the main driver behind the event, I take personal responsibility for these shortfalls. Guys, I'm sorry. Now, looking to the future, we can easily resolve all of these frustrations. We will radically change the flow to put much more emphasis on time to be together rather than time to do stuff or be entertained. And we will draw in more expertise into designing the menu, preparing and serving the food. We've heard you and I promise we'll make it much better next time. Please give me a confidence by returning in future. Those of you who were there on Saturday would have noticed a big red phone box in Coldham's. Inside it was a microphone capturing your comments on Ascend, on Summit and on Camp. Jamie leads us off reading some of the instructions. Give a maximum of the dog and it's the microphone. Oh, which is recording all the time. Hello, I assume that's future Alan's going to be scanning through these. Give me if you're ready, have more than one go. I can't wait for Camp because I get to throw out all distraction and just be in God's beautiful creation. It's an opportunity for rest, for relaxation, and for restoration, and a chance to build new relationships, improve existing relationships, and grow in my faith journey surrounded by men. And men need men. I can't wait for camp because I enjoy camping, that's why. And it's quite nice to have a. Uh, it's quite nice to have a night sleeping out under the stars in a tent, and also the opportunity to get away and learn a bit more about the Bible and the gospel. That's all for me. Bye bye. One two one two. So this is um, my recording. I've been invited to this event. I've come along. Um, men need ascend because. Men need to be um, around other men. Iron sharpens iron. Men need to be um, in an environment where they can grow spiritually and they can learn to be leaders in their environments, in their homes. And um, men need to be responsible and men need to be able to submit to the Lord's will. So that's why I think Ascend is cool. Also, I think men need to feel that they belong as well. All right. Hello. So I've not been to Ascend before, so I love the three things I love about Ascend is uh, I've been invited to it. 
Um, it smells of fish and chips, and I'm hoping to learn something. Men need to send, because once the man is delivered, the whole family is delivered. An undelivered man is a man without pur purpose. I can't wait for the camp, because last year I made some friendships that are still very important to me. Of course, most important was the time we spent learning about God and improving our relationship with Him. But also, that connection with fellow brothers in Christ is very important to me, so I can't wait for camp this year. The three things I love about Summit are it's encouraging, it's inspirational and it's challenging. Thank you guys for your positive words. And now we're going to hear excerpts from each of our guest speakers. Please tell us if you want more and we can always replay their entire talks in future episodes. First up, Tim Robertson. My name is Tim. I live in Bristol, married to one wife, got three kids, two grandkids, one on the way as well. So hard to believe looking at me that I've got that many grandchildren. No, it doesn't matter. Tonight, I just want to talk about men. I want to talk about mighty men. 2 Samuel chapter 23, uh, verses 8 to 17. You know, King David was kind of just building his team in a sense, and there were uh, men were coming to him. David's mighty men, David's mighty warriors. These guys wanted to be like David. They wanted to, uh, to be like their, their prince, their king. Uh, they'd seen his exploits. They'd seen what he'd done. And he, they just wanted to be around somebody who was gaining ground and making a difference. I want to be around movers and shakers. I want to be around the kind of guys that are going to stir me and challenge me and drive me forward. We've got to show up. So number one, show up. Number two, You've got to take your stand. You may not think you're much, but you've got the king of kings in you. God is in you. God is great, great in you. And God is mighty in you. So take your stand. Be confident in the God who is for you and turn potential defeat into victory. Here's number three. Turn your excuse into opportunity. Turn your excuse into opportunity. Ask yourself the question tonight, guys. What are the situations and limitations in my life that I use to justify inactivity and pressing on to new levels of maturity and faith. What are those things? Here's number four, be relational. Be relational. This is what this is all about. This is why we're sat around tables. This is why there's plenty of time to talk and get to know each other. Be relational, uh, men of God. You, you need friends for the journey. You see, if the enemy can isolate you and rob you of this important lifeline, then he can bring about all kinds of problems in your life. We need each other, guys. We need each other. We need to have each other's backs and serve each other and encourage one another. And it comes out of relationship. Here's number five. Be grace-filled. Here's another one. Be courageous. See, courage is linked to relationship because when people encourage you, they're giving you courage. They're speaking courage into your life. And I want to encourage you tonight. I want to call greatness out of your life. I want to encourage you and say, you've got this. God sees you as mighty. Here's number seven, fight for your supply lines. Job had to fight for the supply line of salvation. I know who my Redeemer lives. Paul had to fight for the supply line of grace. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. John had to fight for the supply line of truth. Little children, I say to you, hold on to the truth. Don't be deceived by what is being said. Do you know if the devil can corrupt or distort or destroy these supply lines into us, 
then we're going to be weakened in our faith. And we must rise up and defend our patch and fight for our supply lines so that we are constantly fed with that life-giving source. Amen. Here's another one. Honor the past. Those who have invested you. Who spoke greatness into you? Who encouraged you? Who called you out? Who gave you an opportunity? You need to honor those people. Here's another one. Invest in the future. You've got to honor the past, but you've got to invest in the future. Release the next generation. But here's the final thing. You've got to live the mission. Men of God, live the mission. It's not a bolt-on. It's not a, you know, uh, oh, if I have to. It's not, um, you know, what we just do on a Sunday. But we've got to live the mission throughout. What a privilege that we have been called according to his purpose. We've all got different gifts, but it should be the mission of all of us to give strong support, total allegiance to King Jesus and see his kingdom extended right across the world. I hope these principles have been helpful to you. And, and you know, let me encourage you that we are stronger together. We need each other. We are that band of brothers. What a rich message from Tim. There's so much to take action on in there. And now on to Nathan Blackaby. Instead of dispatching you with our usual episode ending, I'm going to let the music roll for you to contemplate and reflect on these two wonderful messages from Tim and Nathan. So Nathan was a missionary in Brazil and working with those in addictions. He is the real Essex man. He's into motorbikes. He's into fast cars including VWs, and he is teetotal. In my opinion, since knowing Nathan, he's a very humble man. He's married to Jenny, and they have three children. And the best part of all, he's part of the C3 family at Colchester location. So put your hands together and welcome Nathan. Yeah, I'm Nathan from Essex. I'm born, I was born in Harlow. Anyone know Harlow? Great. Um, so I was born there, lived there 20 years, um, now live in Colchester, in Essex, three kids, have been married 22 years, uh, work for CVM, Christian Vision for Men. If you want to know about CVM, what we do, the stuff's there, have a look online, we've got loads of resources, there's an app, there's all sorts of stuff. Let's have my first slide. Call and response. So if I was to say to you, three cheers for Tim, hip hip, three. hip hip, three. hip hip, three. and there it is, there's a call and a response. And I started to apply that a little bit to my Christian life. I'm in a men's group, there's uh, seven of us that meet every other week, and we always meet around fire. And uh, we met about a month ago, and I had this vision, and I put a picture up of this lighthouse. It was a dark, stormy night, and there was this lighthouse with the light just panning round. And as the light panned round, it lit up this harbour. And as the light brought round onto this harbour, I could see there was loads of boats, but the boats were in different points of their journey. Some of these boats were speeding along. The front was up, they were on top of the water and they were going for it. Other boats were in different stages of despair and chaos and ruin. And then with the light, as the light moved around, every time it moved around, I heard this voice calling out. And the voice, as it panned around, said, where are my men? Where are my men? And then the voice went round again and it said, where are my men that love my name? And then it went one more time and then I didn't see it again. It said, where are the men that love my holiness? Where are my men that love my name and love my holiness? 
I started to realise a little bit in my, in my life that there's this call. And, and maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've heard that call. And I think that's a place Jesus calls you, the deepest place in your heart. He'll whisper into it and say, where are you? And I ask that over you tonight. Where are you? I want you to search your heart. Where are you tonight? Where is your heart? I've been to too many events, too many groups, men's groups. We've seen it before. There's guys that come out, and we've, we've seen it in Liverpool. A guy turned up, he had a tow rope in the boot of his car to hang himself that night. None of his mates knew. Where are you? There's a deep search of your heart that Jesus can do. There's a call. Where are you? And I hear that call on my heart. And I've tried to ignore it. I've tried to water it down. And what does Jeremiah say? He says, it burns in my bones. There's a call on you. Life and time is short. But I want to share something with you. Because what men do, we heard about it. And Alan said it and Tim brought it out. And, and John Eldridge's written a brilliant book, Wild at Heart, and he talks about it. When men get wounded, we run up the mountain like a scolded cat and we run into the cave. And for a lot of us, we die in there. A lot of us are dying in caves. No, you are. There's a call to come out again, son. Lift your head again, son. I think the next slide, let's have a look at this one. If you Google Jesus, this is what you get. This to me is a joke. It's a joke. When I ran into depression and wanted to end my life, that bloke didn't rescue me. He couldn't have handled it. I'm being, no, that's it, he couldn't have. This bloke didn't come and rescue me. Jesus of the cross rescued me. Jesus of the scars rescued me. Not this guy. Let me show you another quick picture. This is Rodrigo, a mate of mine. This is in Brazil. The little light at the top of his bed, that's where a chain come through the door, through the wall. And he was chained up, drug addict. And his mum had him chained up like an animal in the house. And I went in that room. I took that picture. <coughs> I went in that room and I looked at that bloke resting with addiction. And I said to the guy that was with me, let's get out of here, we can't help. And I went to walk out and start my car. And the bloke I was with when you're an idiot, we're taking him. We believe in Jesus. And we took Rodrigo home. Took a year, walking with him, journeying with him. He got his life sober and clean, gave his life to the Lord. He got married, discovered he had an incredible music gift, a singer, and he went forward with Jesus. I wrote that bloke off. I made a, a, a headstone over his life. I built a grave over the top of him while he was still alive. And what I want to say to you is, we build that stuff over our own lives. We, we might have had other men or other women or other people build that stuff over our lives. It is not over with Jesus. It's not over. It can be a new man, a new creation. Guys, there's a chance to respond. What I want to do is just do two things. I'm going to invite us to stand in a minute. And I want to invite guys who have maybe felt that that spotlight landed on you. Particularly guys who know they haven't yet given their heart to Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to invite him into your heart. If you do, 
I want to ask you to come and speak to me or Alan or some of us at the back there to pray for you, plug you in, I'll give you a Bible, and we'll have a chat. But I'm also going to invite you guys that do know Jesus and have maybe felt that spotlight as well settle on you. Maybe there's things you need to sever tonight. Maybe there's things you need to sever tonight. Agreements you've made, words that have been spoken over you, words you've spoken over yourself. Places where you are going, things that you are doing in secret. Maybe there are things that need severing tonight. Maybe there's stuff to burn. And maybe there's stuff to plant and water and build on. That you say, no, I've got to put this before Jesus. This is exciting. Men, let's stand together and let's pray. Firstly, gentlemen, if you are receiving Jesus for the first time tonight, let's just... Reach out our hands if you feel comfortable to do that. And you can repeat after me, Jesus, I want this to be about you. Forgive me for the sin and chaos in my life and my heart. I repent, I turn away from these things and I accept your free gift of life, Jesus. You died on the cross for me. I take the fullness of Jesus, his life, his birth, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. And I place that truth in my heart. Teach me how to live with you in sight, Jesus. And I will follow you. And men, if you do know Jesus as your Saviour, then my prayer over you is this. Jesus, would you bring that light, that searchlight round to their hearts tonight? What's your call on their hearts, Lord? What is it, Holy Spirit, that you are putting on their lives that you want to touch, you want to bring to the surface, Lord? Do that now, I ask. Lord, as we hold this thing or these things before you, we say, Jesus, heaven's champion, Jesus of the cross, Jesus of the scars, meet me in this place. Tune my ear to heaven. Use my obedience for your glory. Lord, teach me a path of holiness that I've never known. Meet me, Jesus, in a way that I've never known and turn my life and my obedience for your glory. And bring me one day, Jesus, face to face with you. Heaven's champion, my King of kings and my Lord of lords. You've got my heart. Amen.